A kelpie or water kelpie is a shape-shifting spirit inhabiting lochs in Irish and Scottish folklore. It is usually described as a black horse-like creature able to adopt human form. Some accounts state that the kelpie retains its hooves when appearing as a human, leading to its association with the Christian idea of Satan, as alluded to by Robert Burns in his 1786 poem, Addressed the Devil. Almost every sizeable body of water in Scotland has an associated Kelpie story, but the most extensively reported is that of Loch Ness. The Kelpie has counterparts across the world, such as the Germanic Nixie, the Wiwin of Central America, and the Australian Bunyip. The origins of narratives about the creature are unclear, but the practical purposes of keeping children away from dangerous stretches of water and warning young women to be wary of handsome strangers has been noted in secondary literature. Kelpies have the ability to transform themselves into non-equine forms and can take on the outward appearance of human figures, in which guise they may betray themselves by the presence of water weeds in their hair. Gregor described a Kelpie adopting the guise of a wizened old man continually muttering to himself while sitting on a bridge stitching a pair of trousers. Believing it to be a Kelpie, a passing local struck it on the head, causing it to revert to its equine form and scamper back to its lair in a nearby pond. Other accounts describe the Kelpie when appearing in human form as a rough, shaggy man who leaps behind a solitary rider, gripping and crushing him, or as tearing apart and devouring humans. A folktale from Barra tells of a lonely Kelpie that transforms itself into a handsome young man to woo a pretty young girl it was determined to take for its wife. But the young girl recognises the man as a Kelpie and removes his silver necklace or his bridle while he sleeps. The Kelpie immediately reverts to its equine form and the girl takes it home to her father's farm where it is put to work for a year. At the end of that time, the girl rides the Kelpie to consult a wise old man who tells her to return the silver necklace. The wise man then asks the Kelpie, once again transformed into a handsome young man the girl had first met, whether, if given the choice, it would choose to be a Kelpie or a mortal. The Kelpie in turn asks the girl whether, if he were a man, she would agree to be his wife. She confirms that she would, after which the Kelpie chooses to become a mortal man and the pair are married. Traditionally, Kelpies in their human form are male. One of the few stories describing the creature in female form is set at Cronin House. It tells of a tall woman dressed in green and a withered, meagre countenance, ever distorted by a malignant scowl who overpowered and drowned a man and a boy after she jumped out of a stream. The arrival of Christianity in Scotland in the 6th century resulted in some folk stories and beliefs being recorded by scribes, usually Christian monks, instead of being perpetuated by word of mouth. Some accounts state that the Kelpie retains its hooves even in human form, leading to its association with the Christian notion of Satan, just as with the Greek god Pan. When a Kelpie appeared in its equine persona without any tack, it could be captured using a halter stamped with the sign of a cross, and its strength could be harnessed in tasks such as transportation of heavy millstones. One folktale describes how the Lord of Murphy captured a Kelpie and used it to carry stones to build his castle. Once the work was complete, the Laird released the Kelpie, which was evidently unhappy about its treatment. 
The curse had issued before leaving, Sarah back in Sarah Baines, driving the Laird O'Murphy stains. The Laird O'Murphy will never thrive as long as the Kelpie is alive. Was popularly believed to have resulted in the extinction of the Laird's family. Some Kelpies were said to be equipped with a bridle and sometimes a saddle and appeared invitingly ready to ride, but if mounted, they would run off and drown their riders. If the Kelpie was already wearing a bridle, exorcism might be achieved by removing it. A bridle taken from a Kelpie was endowed with magical properties and if brandished towards someone, it was able to transform that person into a horse or a pony. Just as with cinematic werewolves, a Kelpie can be killed by being shot with a silver bullet after which it is seen to consist of nothing more than turf and a soft mass like jellyfish, according to an account published by Spence. When a blacksmith's family were being frightened by the repeated appearances of a water Kelpie at their summer cottage, the blacksmith managed to render it into a heap of starch or something like it by penetrating the spirit's flanks with two sharp iron spears that had been heated in a fire. Almost every sizeable Scottish body of water has a Kelpie story associated with it, but the most widely reported is the Kelpie of Loch Ness. Several stories of mythical spirits and monsters are attached to the loch's vicinity, dating back to 6th century reports of St Columba defeating a monster on the banks of the River Ness. The early 19th century Kelpie that haunted the woods and shores of Loch Ness was tacked up with its own saddle and bridle. A fable attached to the notoriously nasty creature has the Highlander James McGregor taking it by surprise and cutting off its bridle, the source of its power and life, without which it would die within 24 hours. As the Kelpie had the power of speech, it attempted unsuccessfully to bargain with McGregor for the return of its bridle. After following McGregor to his home, the Kelpie asserted that McGregor would be unable to enter his house while in possession of the bridle because of the presence of a cross above the entrance door but McGregor outwitted the creature by tossing the bridle through a window so the Kelpie accepted its fate and left, cursing and swearing. The myth is perpetuated with further tales of the bridle as it is passed down through the family, referred to as the Willox's ball and bridle. It had magical powers of healing. A spell was made by placing the items in water while chanting, in the name of the Father, the Son and of the Holy Ghost, the water would then be used as a cure. A popular and more recent explanation for the Loch Ness Monster among believers is that it belongs to a line of long-surviving plesiosaurs, but the Kelpie myth still survives in children's books such as Molly Hunter's The Kelpie's Pearls and Dick Kingsmith's The Water Horse. According to Derek Gath Whiteley, the association with horses may have its roots in horse sacrifices performed in ancient Scandinavia. Stories of malevolent water spirits served the practical purpose of keeping children away from perilous areas of water and of warning adolescent women to be wary of attractive young strangers. The stories were also used to enforce moral standards as they implied that the creatures took retribution for bad behaviour carried out on Sundays. The intervention of demons and spirits was possibly a way to rationalise the drowning of children and adults who had accidentally fallen into deep, fast-flowing or turbulent water. 
Historian and symbologist Charles Minton Smith has hypothesized that the Kelpie myth might originate with the water spouts that can form over the surface of Scottish locks, giving the impression of a living form as they move across the water. Sir Walter Scott alludes to a similar explanation in his epic poem, The Lady of the Lake, which contains the lines, He watched the wheeling eddies boil till from their foam his dazzled eyes beheld the river demon rise in which Scott uses River Demon to denote a Kelpie. Scott may also have hinted at an alternative rational explanation by naming a treacherous area of quicksand Kelpie's flow in his novel, The Bride of Lammermore. Pictish stones dating from the 6th to 9th centuries featuring what has been dubbed the Pictish Beast may be the earliest representations of a Kelpie or Kelpie-like creature. If you like that, then listen to our main show every Wednesday on all good podcast providers. It's Alive Alive, the really, really fake true crime horror podcast. All the guts and gore, none of the guilt. See you on Wednesdays.